Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I am so stoked to be here with you tonight. And I love this church, Anchor Church. I love your leaders here, and I'm so honored to share with you. I feel like I should be coming here to receive from you guys, but I, am, I hope that and I pray that God will encourage you as you hear my story tonight. My name is Danny Bennett, and I've been sent to my community. Growing up as a surfer, skateboard kid, I was going down the wrong path. And uh, thankfully, God loved me so much that he, through a church with a mission to reach their community, they had some skate ramps and some free pizza. Like, no shame. If there's food, I'm going, right? So I, I, I went and I found Jesus and I said yes to Christ and it has changed everything about my life. And I want to tell you my story today. Um, my dream for my life was not very big. How many of you guys know sometimes God has a bigger dream for your life than you have for yourself? Actually, not sometimes, every time, right? Ephesians tells us that his plans are, are immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So anything that you can dream, right? So it's beyond the immeasurably. So you can't even measure how much more God's plans are for you than you have. And uh, that is so true for me. When I was young, my vision for my life was this. I wanted to surf. I wanted to get a couch and cut the back legs off the couch so it'd be a lowrider couch. It's the only way you can make a couch more chill is to cut the back legs off. And my friend and I, we knew where Frito-Lay chips threw away their expired chips. So we had an endless supply of food. We were living by the beach. We could surf every day. That was my plan for my life until I said yes to God. How many of you guys know when you say yes to God, it changes everything? And it changed everything for me. God had a bigger vision to become a youth pastor and then later to, to plant a church. And I sensed that calling early on, but I never knew where until my wife and I went surfing in Santa Cruz, California. Santa Cruz is, is an eclectic, nature-loving beach town in Northern California, just about an hour south of San Francisco. And it is a town that has open, we, we pride ourselves in being open-minded, right? We're open to everything except Christianity. There's about 250,000 people in Santa Cruz County within our area. We have about 3 million visitors every summer, so we, we kind of get what it's like to have tourists like blocking every road, right, you know? And I am a tourist right now, so be nice to us, huh? But, um, you know, Santa Cruz, 250,000 people, and the studies have shown that less than, some studies said 3%, and other studies say 5% or less attend a church out of a quarter million people. So just to put that in perspective, can I have you guys all stand up one more time just for a second? Have you guys all stand up? There's probably, I think there's about 400 people in this room right now. So I want everyone, except for the first, uh, let's see, let's, this, let's say, this, the center section, first two, three rows, okay? Everybody else sit down, you guys stay standing. Math isn't my, my strong point. But basically, that's a picture of how many people in my community attend a church, and the rest of them, they're, they're not walking into the doors of a church. They have needs, they have hurts, they have desires, but they, they're not looking to the church. Thank you guys, you can sit down. Thank you so much. Give it up for them for helping me out there. But I wanted you to see the picture of my community. My community is a place where people are hurting, people are addicted, people are broken in relationships, people are searching, and looking every corner 
every place trying to find hope, but they're not looking to the church. And so I knew, my wife and I knew that we needed, if we're going to plant a church in Santa Cruz, it needed to be not a church where we expect people to come to us, but a church like this where we're willing to get out there and meet people where they're at. And so God gave us a vision for a church in Santa Cruz County. And it started in prayer. The journey would stretch us beyond anything we knew. It'd be the funnest, scariest, painful, most painful, most challenging, and the most exciting ride we've ever been on in just the last five years. And it's been amazing to see what God would do. But it started in prayer. And as we prayed, God began to tell us things that were very contrary to even conventional wisdom. The first thing, instead of bringing a big team and raising a lot of money from the large church. We were on staff at a church similar to this in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and conventional wisdom would be to build a big team, raise a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we're gonna launch big in Santa Cruz, right? And it would have been the equivalent of like, you know, a boat full of Howleys coming to the islands, showing up, we're gonna plant a church for you, you know what I mean? And it wouldn't have worked in Santa Cruz. But so God had a different plan. He spoke to us very clearly that we were to basically sell everything, move there, start from scratch. And our, our life got really small and humble and slowed way down from the fast pace of a big church in the Bay Area. Next, every book you read about planting a church tells you step one, well, step one is to pray, right? Step two is form a team, right? Everything, every, it doesn't matter which book you read, that's like, that's like one of the first three steps. You need a team. And God spoke really clearly to us, and he said, you're not to ask anyone. And I'm like, great, God. Seriously, you want us to plant a church in Santa Cruz where people aren't just flocking to the church, and I'm not allowed to ask anybody. How is that going to work? And so what, how it worked was we, we just began to pray, and we began to form a list of people that we saw, we met, we surfed with. I worked at a local coffee shop, and we just would meet people, and we would pray for them. And we didn't ask them, but one by one, people started coming to us. And in January 2011, 22 people met in our living room for the first time with a vision to plant a church. And then I, could, then I was allowed to ask them, right? And so I asked them, and we had a vision to meet in an elementary school, which by the way, Hawaii and, and this church and many of the churches here have inspired us because the Hawaiian Islands have, have grown so much in the way you guys have reached out to people because you've been willing to meet in schools, uh, I mean everywhere, all over the place. And I know this church started in a school a long time ago, right? And so that inspired us. We thought we could meet in a school except people told us in Santa Cruz, hey, they don't really like churches here. You can try to ask, but they're probably, there's no way they're going to let you guys meet in the school. And so we asked, we emailed, we called, nothing, nothing back for months. And we're meeting together with our, our, our small group in our home, and we really just felt like we were called to meet at this one specific school. And it was a Tuesday, we were meeting on Tuesday night, and uh, we'd been praying, man, Lord, we, you know, I felt like we were supposed to meet in this school, but it doesn't seem like it's working out. And that day, the principal called me and said, yeah, I want to I talk to you about this. Come on down here. And so I went to the, it's a public school, and I went and I talked, met with the principal. I was a little nervous because I used to go to the principal's office a lot when I was a kid. And so I'm sitting out there, you know, kind of just like my throat's dry and I'm nervous. And I'm like, oh, no. And so I go and I meet with the principal. And she's like, Danny, you're not going to believe this. I got saved at a church that met in a school. And ever since I've been the principal here, I've been praying that God would send our school a church. 
What are the chances of that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we, we met in the school, and we had this idea. One of the things that I think is similar to, to, Santa Cruz, to Hawaii, Santa Cruz, people love to eat, right? We love to eat. You guys, you, go, you love to eat. I love to eat. We love to eat. So we, and everybody loves pancakes, right? And so we're by, right by the beach. We're out of school. We're like, we can serve free pancakes. They're not that expensive. Make some good coffee, right? And so we started making pancakes at the elementary school there. And, um, and we launched on Easter Sunday of, Jan- of, uh, of 2011. We started a church. And, um, and then we got this other crazy idea. Every, every kid in Santa Cruz, they say kids in Santa Cruz are born with a surfboard in one hand and a skateboard in the other hand, right? And so they're not, not born that way, but when they come out, we give them one, you know? And uh, so we had this crazy idea. Well, man, what if we could connect up with one of the local skateboard shops and build ramps in their shop and in exchange for, they'd allow us to have our youth group there. And so I approached one of the local skateboard shops and he said yes. And so we built ramps in the back of the skateboard shop and just started reaching out to kids, free pizza, just like when I was a kid, right? It's like, this is what I know how to do. Food, skateboards, and we just started sharing the gospel with these kids. And pretty soon we had like the whole community. There's like a hundred kids coming to the skate church, which is what they named it. They're like, this is skate church, right? And so all these kids started coming to skate church, man, and, and so we're reaching these kids and their families, these kids are coming to know Christ. Some of these kids didn't know anything. I remember one year, we asked them, this is like early on, we're like, hey, do you guys know what Easter is? And they're like, oh, isn't that like, it's something about Santa Claus? No, no, no. There's a bunny, right? Easter bunny. And then one of the kids like, isn't that where Jesus came out of a rock? Like, no, 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 no. Let me, let me tell you this story. So like we're in there, we're telling him the story like the first time, like, you know, God loves us so much that he created us and he sent his son, Jesus. And man, he lived the perfect life. He like healed people. He raised people from the dead. He walked on water, you know? And then like he, he like shook things up so much that they like, they, they wanted to crucify him and they hung him on a cross. Like God came to earth and we killed him. And in the final moments, he put his hands out and he said, Father, forgive them. And this one kid raises his hand. He goes, you're telling me that God came to earth. He died for us and, and, and we killed him and he wasn't pissed? <laughs> I mean, that's a real question, you know? I mean, think about it. If you were God and you came down here like, hey, teaching love, healing people, feeding people, and then like, you know, like that they did that to you, you, you know, but, and, and so it's this powerful message, right? No, it's all about grace and love and God's forgiveness. He died to forgive you and he rose from the grave, right? And these kids are just like, wow. And so Skate Church is going. We're meeting in the, in the, um, in the school on, on Sunday in the elementary school with our free pancakes. And then shortly after, we hired Joe Gruber, a former pro skater, to help run the skate church because I needed some help now. You know, I'm getting older. Skateboarding hurts a little bit more, so I had to delegate that a little more to the skateboarding. And uh, so Pastor Joe Gruber comes on our staff, and right when that happens, the skateboard shop where we had skate church, they lost their lease, and they got kicked out. And, you know, rents are skyrocketing, right? And so they got, like, double rent for this. And so they got kicked out, and we had to tell the kids. And, man, we were devastated. Because this is like the heartbeat of our church is like reaching out to the local kids. And so we're like, what are we going to do? And so as a church, we, in, in the elementary school, we got on our knees before God. We just prayed, Lord, we want to reach our community. 
and we don't want to lose this ministry that you've given us. And it's amazing how when you pray, God moves. That's all I can say, is we prayed, and two things happened. One, we got this, we got another crazy idea. We're like, what if we could build an indoor skate park, ramps and everything, that we could also hold church in on Sundays, right? The second thing that happened was one of my friends, I'm in a small group of pastors, and I called one of my friends and said, hey, could we use your parking lot temporarily to like run skate church so we don't lose all these kids? And, he, and he's like, well, let's, let's have lunch. And we sit down, me and Joe sit down and have lunch with him. And he leans over the table from us and says, what if I just gave you the building? I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this because it's, it's a huge property with parking, plenty of seating, classrooms for kids. It's probably worth about $5 million. And we were given this property. And last year on Easter, Christian Hosoi came out there and he spoke and we had a party and we invited everybody and like hundreds of people came. It's, it's just been amazing to see how God is moving. And uh, which by the way, we gutted the building, which, uh, which used to be a theater, and for a short time, it was an adult theater. So we're, we're redeeming this, this building. We, we gutted it. We built an indoor skate park. And um, it's just been, it's been amazing. God is moving in Santa Cruz. It's truly amazing to see how Jesus is reaching people. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have, have, have said yes to Christ. And kids and entire families. And um, our church has been growing. Every year we're growing and we're just seeing people that would never walk in the doors of a church that have no background in their faith come and find hope in Jesus Christ. We've got all these groups, addictions groups. We've got um, men's groups, women's groups. All kinds of stuff happen and, and it's, just, it's just been an exciting ride to be a part of. And I have to tell you, in, in, in all honesty, I just feel like the most blessed person because I got to witness it and I get to be part of the, this great church in Santa Cruz and I have the coolest job. I really do. I have like the cool, it's hard sometimes, but you know, like when it's, it's just, I, I pinch myself sometimes. I look back and I go, man, why do I get, why do I get to be part of this? And I honestly can't take any credit. All, all I can say is, I said yes. I said yes to God. And when you say yes to God, amazing things happen. Amen? I want to just encourage you with a few, a few of my thoughts that I've learned through this journey as I've walked through this last five years. The first thing I want to encourage you with, and, and I think this is any community we're a part of, is that Jesus cares about my community. The biggest realization I've had in this process is that Jesus loves Santa Cruz even more than I do. I love Santa Cruz. I love Hawaii too. And Jesus loves this community Jesus loves my community even more than I do. I was thinking about Matthew, and I think we're gonna put it up on the screens. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew chapter nine, verse 35 through 37. This has been a, a profound verse for me in this season. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. When Jesus sees our community, he sees into 
the eyes of the people. He sees the needs of the people. And maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, man, that's me right now. I'm feeling harassed and helpless. I'm, I'm going through it right now. And the beauty of that is that Jesus sees you. And he knows what you're going through. And he sees the need. And what's the coolest thing about that is that he can actually do something about it. You and I, we get overwhelmed when we see the needs. I mean, like, like, uh, like Hawaii, we have a huge drug problem. We have a huge homeless problem in Santa Cruz. And I see the needs and I get overwhelmed. I'm like, where do I start? What do I do? But it's encouraging to me to know that I know somebody that sees all those needs who can actually bring hope. He can actually bring healing. He can bring, uh, he can change everything for people. I can't, but I know someone who can. Amen? The second thing I want to encourage you with is that Jesus sent somebody, Jesus sent someone to my community. Or you could say Jesus sent someone to your community. And I want everyone to get that, get, if you're taking notes, you're following along, uh, maybe you're not doing that. But um, the, the, if there was a fill in here, it would be a very small word. And the answer is me. Jesus already sent someone to your community. He sent someone to my community. And the answer is me. Turn to someone next to you and say, you've been sent to your community. All right, try that again. That was a little weak. Come on, you've been sent. Look them in the eyes. Give them a little poke to the chest. You've been sent. And now you might be thinking, okay, you know, Danny, you know, no, that's great, you know, for Pastor Carl and Kanani and, you know, pa- Pastor Nick and Trevor, those guys, they're, they're sent to the community. Danny, you're sent to the community but you know me, I'm not, I'm not sent. No, I don't, I don't know about me, but let me, let me just encourage you. God's word, God's word tells us we are sent. You don't have to go very far in scripture to see that we're all called, called to our community. The second commandment, right? First one is love God. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Who? Who do you love? Your neighbor, right? Okay, we're called to love our neighbor. The first call, the first thing Jesus says to the disciples, right? They're getting out of the boat, they're fishing, and he comes up to me, he says, come follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, right? I'm sending you out. Come follow me, and I'm sending you out. That's not just for those guys. That's for everyone that would follow Jesus. He says, come, follow me, and I'm going to send you. I'm going to give you a new purpose, and I'm going to send you. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came to them and said, all authority is in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Again, we look at those needs. We look at that call. Wait, God, really you're sending me? And it can, we can easily get overwhelmed. Like, oh man, where do I start? And especially, I think sometimes being part of a great church like this with so many great ministries that are so developed, sometimes, you know, you, you think, wow, th- these guys really have it together. You know, and, and they do. These guys, are, they're solid here, right? But sometimes for, for those of us, you know, we're sitting out there, we're going, okay, God, how can you use me? What do I have to offer anyone? And that's what's amazing is when you say yes to God, you unleash all of his power. Right? I want to encourage you. You've been sent to your community, but you don't have to do it alone. 
the last thing, the, my last point here is this, is that Jesus is already working in my community. Aren't you glad? I mean, this is, this is what blew me away because I, I had this vision, okay, we're here to start this church and you start to like, really like write it out, like, okay, what is that going to look like? How are we going to do that? What does that mean? I mean, you know, we don't want to just start a church for Christians. We want to start a church for people who would never walk in doors of a church, right? So how are we going to do that? We need God's help, right? And it, like, little things like this where God showed me that he's already working. Um, I'm with, we had this youth group that wanted to come and volunteer and help us, right? And I had nothing to do because I didn't really know anybody to know anything to do. And so like, well, we'll do community service. And so we're out, we're doing community service. We're picking up trash, and I had to feed these kids, and so we're feeding, we're, I'm feeding them some sandwiches, we're sitting by a bus stop, and, um, you know, I'm working with youth, there's certain people you kind of want to, you want to be careful with the youth, you know, because there's, you know, dangerous people or whatever, and like, like one of the most dangerous looking people I've, I've seen in Santa Cruz sat down at the bus stop about 20 feet from this group of youth, right? And we have, because of the drug problem we have, we do have some pretty heavy gangs in Santa Cruz County that traffic certain meth and heroin. And, um, and so there's certain bandanas you can look for and tattoos that identify in this particular gang as kind of a white supremacy, kind of like evil stuff, right? And so I'm sitting there with these youth, and one of the youth is like, she didn't even ask me. She just grabbed, or no, she didn't even grab a sandwich. She like walked over to the bus stop and she goes, and I hear her, I'm like, what are you, what's she doing? Uh-oh, and I'm like, you know, and she's like, hey, do you want to come have a sandwich with us? <laughs> I mean, this guy looked like he wanted to kill somebody, and she offers him a sandwich. Shows you my faith, right? She brings this guy over, and, um, and I'm like watching him like a hawk, and I, the other youth leader, I'm all, no. <laughs> so we're, all, we're walking over here, because I mean, I don't want to go alone, because he'd probably kick my butt, you know what I mean? <laughs> So I'm like, we go over there, and uh, we sit next to this guy. We get him set up with a sandwich. Hey, what's your name, bro, blah, 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 you know? And like, just like that, the Holy Spirit moved over him. And he starts like telling us his life story. I was just afraid he wouldn't hurt the kids. And he just starts pouring out his heart like, yeah, you know, I've been, been addicted. And I found out that my girlfriend just had a baby, and it's mine. And I'm not allowed to see the baby. And there's these people that want to kill me right now. And I'm on the run. And then he just says, I think I just need to give my life to Jesus. <laughs> Tears running down his face. And I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> so we're like, we got our arms on him. You know, we put our hands on him. And I'm like keeping one eye open, you know, because like he might have a knife or something. And we're like, Lord, you know, I'm, I lead him in the prayer right there on the, you know, on the bench. And like, as we were praying, like, I felt that whisper, you know, give him a, a Bible, right? And so I'm like, hey, you know, we prayed for him. You know, we're all in tears. We're crying. It's like this, wow, you know. And then, so I like, I'm like, hey, hang on. I got I to gotta do something. So like, I, I run and I, I, somebody had a Bible. So I'm like, hey, I'm, I'll, I'll pay you back. You know, I take their Bible. <laughs> I bring it over to him and I, and I give it to him. And as I give it to him, it was, like, it was like something spiritual was happening. You could tell like the wheels were turning. He's all, whoa. And he takes the Bible. He stands up and he walks over to the trash can. I'm like, oh, he's going to throw it away. <laughs> he takes the bandana, the, I'm not going to tell you the color, whatever it was, but he takes the bandana and his shirt was matching too. And he takes his shirt off and he throws it in the trash can. 
Yeah. Jesus is moving in people's lives, and you wouldn't even believe how many people are walking around, and God's already working in their heart. He's working in their lives. And we just need to be available. That's the beauty of it. We just need to be available. Because if God can use me, man, he can use anybody. So I want to encourage you with a few things to help us be available because I believe every person in this room, you have something to offer. And God wants to use you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to reach out to this community and other communities and, and maybe even other nations through the people in this room. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you. There's three things that, that help me, and I think these are reminders to me, to be honest, of when we first started the church. One of the things I recognized, I, I was working in full-time ministry for many, many years, and I realized I'm working on staff at a church, and I didn't have very many friends outside of the church. So when I moved to plant the church in Santa Cruz, I needed to slow down, right? I needed to, and, and so like for me, I can be very busy. I know no one else is like this, but you know, you're driving, right? You're on the phone, you're calling somebody, and you're driving, and you're not supposed to, and then like while you're on the phone, you're on speaker and you're driving and you're texting somebody too. You know what I'm saying? And, and we just become so busy. Like even in like on an island, even in Santa Cruz where it's super chill. Like we get so wrapped up in like what we got to do and where we got to be, and what we got to get. You know, and like we get focused on so many things that sometimes, you know, we, we just need to slow down. And so for me, I, I knew if we didn't slow down, we wouldn't be able to meet the people that God wanted us to meet. And so instead of driving, well, I couldn't actually afford to own a car for a few years there. And so I rode my bike for two years straight. I rode my beach cruiser. It's kind of a janky, rusty, chicka, 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 beach cruiser, you know. And I'm riding this thing around town. And it slowed me down. And I began to see homes that I never saw and businesses and people. And I'd run into people. And I'd talk to people. And just, you know, you look at Jesus in the Gospels. And nine times out of ten, the people that he healed and ministered to there were people that interrupted him. Or there were people that he just was, he happened to be walking by and he talked to them. You know, and so there, he had time. He had, he had moments where he could meet people. And I think so many of us, we're so busy. We're, you know, our calendars are so full. We have so many commitments that we just get so busy. And so some of us, we, we may need to actually practically just slow down, slow ourselves down because we need to listen and see where Jesus is already working around us, right? Amen? Amen? Listening is a huge thing for me, listening, because there's so many needs, but unless we listen, we're never gonna see them. There's so many people that Jesus is already working, but if we don't listen, we're never gonna see their needs and meet them. And so we gotta listen. listen listening, I think, is way more effective than knowing a lot. Amen? Amen? What's that apologetics, you know, where you, you learn all the answers, and, and that's good, but like, you probably get farther by listening. Amen? So we've got to listen to people and look and see the needs. The second thing I want to encourage us to do is to ask God for the keys to reach others. What are the keys, Lord? You know, and, and it's people that you know, people that you love, people that you see every day. Lord, what are the keys? What are the, what are the way? In, what, you know, the coolest thing is that we know the God who is the most creative God in the universe. I mean, he has every idea there's nothing he hasn't thought of. There's nothing new to him. And the Holy Spirit is so creative, right? And so he has so many ways of reaching out to people. I mean, um, for us, a couple different ideas. You know, skate church. That's a little bit outside the box, you know? Skate church. But it's, for Santa Cruz, it's, it's, a, it's a way that it's God's given us a key to reach the community. We serve pancakes. We meet in an indoor skate park. 
Um, all this started in just ask that prayer to God, Lord, how can we reach out? I guarantee the amazing ministries in this church, there's so many of them, all of them started with that prayer. God, how do, what are the key, how do we reach out? Right? How can I use what I have to reach out? And then, and then they develop from there. And I, I believe there's many, many more things that God can do through you here today as he's done through me. I want to show you guys a video in just a second, but I'll, let me explain it. Okay, so Santa Cruz is a surf town, okay? And so we, we, we love Hawaii there. You know, it's like everybody loves Hawaii and Santa Cruz because we're surfers. And so, you know, the culture of when, when a surfer dies in a surf community, we've adopted the culture of, you know, we do a paddle out, Right? That's what we do. And the first year we were in Santa Cruz, we were you know, coming towards Easter and Good Friday, and we're like, how do, how, do we, how, do we, how do we remember what Jesus did in a way that will make sense in our community? And so there was just a handful of us, but we got together on the beach, and we prayed, and we brought flowers, and we paddled out together. We made a circle. We sang Amazing Grace, you know, and, and um, we, you know, none of us know how to speak Hawaiian or anything, but we're like, yeah, that'd be cool if we could. But, you know, we get, we get out there, and we, we just, we started it. We started small, started humble, you know, and probably nobody even noticed. But the next year, more people came. The next year, more people came. And pretty soon, like, I, I'm showing you the video from last year because it's a better video, but this, this, this past Easter, we had hundreds of people down on the beach, and it was amazing to see people paddle out and, and honor the Lord in that way. And I just want you to see this short video just to see kind of an idea of how uh, we can reach out to our community. Check this out. Some of you guys are like, oh, it's a heart. We were actually trying to make a circle, but that happened. <laughs> so that's why I showed you that video, because that was pretty cool how that happened. But um, these are just some ways that, you know, we prayed and God gave us some ideas to creatively reach out to our community in different ways. And like I said, the ministries that have come out of this church, that are part of this church, the ministry that we have in Santa Cruz, it was all started because we prayed and we said, how can I reach out? And we said yes. 
So the last thing I want to encourage you to do tonight is when God speaks to you, when he gives you an idea, when he gives you a dream, when he gives you a vision, maybe if it seems crazy and impossible and way beyond anything you could ever do, just say yes and take action. Take, say yes and be willing to take action. John 21, verses 4 through 6 says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish, right? So the disciples are in the boat, Jesus is on the beach, and he's like, hey, they just fished all night. They didn't catch anything. And then Jesus says, hey, no, I want you to go back and I want you to throw it on the other side. The only difference, anyone that fishes here, you know, the only difference between this side of the boat and that side of the boat was because of what Jesus said, right? And so because of obedience, that's always the best strategy. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command, John 15, 14. Conventional wisdom for us would have been to raise a bunch of money and build a big team and plant big in Santa Cruz. There's nothing wrong with that if that's what God's leading you to do. And that's actually probably the smarter way to go. But for us, I don't believe it would have worked because God spoke something different. And if our, our story encourages you, I hope it does. And I hope it encourages you that by saying yes, we join Jesus in what he's already doing in our community. We join his power. We join what he can do in our lives. You've already been sent to your community. Question is, will you say yes? Some of you guys here today, I know there's some here, maybe you feel stuck. Maybe God's given you a dream or an idea or just a nudge towards a specific group or people. I want to be that one crazy guy that just stands there and says, go for it. Do it. Maybe you had a dream. Maybe you had a vision a long time ago. And maybe life circumstances, maybe some things have happened that maybe weren't, weren't planned, unexpected. Maybe taking the wind out of your sails a little bit. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to fill those sails again and send you forward in what he has planned for your life. Will you bow your heads and pray with me?